It is so wonderful to be here. Hello, my name's Kirk. So on the count of three, just yell your name to me so I get to know you all in one hit. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, wow. I think I heard a Gloria. Did I hear a Gloria? No? (laughs) It's prophetic. There's a Gloria coming. Hey, it is so good to be here and um, thank you... uh, Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Aaron, and uh, Alex. Alex was the one that actually sent me the invitation, but she's, uh, she's not well. We pray blessing over her and uh, her upcoming uh, medical procedure she's having. But, um, but it's so good to be here. And I think, I think if I remember correctly, uh, during COVID, who remembers COVID? <laughs> Quite hasn't gone away, but anyway. Uh, I think Alex invited me to do some video messages Um, So perhaps at some point I've been up there on one of the screens, but I was here physically about, I think it was about five years ago, we had an an Assemblies of God Leaders Day here on the Saturday, but it has changed so much. When I was here last time, the stage I think was over here, and uh, and it was, was not as beautiful as this, so come on, give yourselves a big round of applause for your incredible efforts of making the house of God look beautiful and the car park and the foyer and just walking in here it's clean it's simple it's presents so well and it all sets it up for God to move in people's hearts amen and uh, so I'm 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 amazed I'm excited are you excited I'm excited about what God is doing here and and you know sometimes we can think that physical changes don't mean a lot uh, but I want to encourage you today, there's a, there's a scripture where, uh, where, where Paul is teaching, he says the, the, the natural has to happen and then the supernatural. He's talking about the, the Adam and then Jesus coming, it's the whole thought of the, uh, the seed of the natural man had to come, but then the seed of the spiritual man had to come through Jesus, it's whole theological thought on that. But the point is this, sometimes in my experience, God moves in the physical before he then moves in the spiritual. And I I sense that about this church. As you have prepared the house, as you have made it clean, as you've made it contemporary, as you've made it ready, then the people are going to come. And I really want you to believe that, that God is moving in this area. And I was talking to Aaron before the service, and and apparently one one of the leaders from many years ago, when you purchased this place, that uh, they said that the community would be built around it. Now that was a long time ago. And at the time people probably thought, cuckoo, cuckoo. What a strange thing to say. But it is happening. There are now housing, housing estates being built around you. Here what we've got to understand is we sometimes are so impatient and we want the kingdom of God to come now. Now, it's got to all happen now. Put it in the microwave now. I've got to go through drive through wait two minutes, what? <laughs> we, we are such an instant generation, but God isn't a microwave God, He's a slow cooker God. He, his timings are not ours, His ways and thinking is not ours, and, but He has an incredible way over a period of time to bring His purposes to pass. It's like Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a parable seed. We've got a bloom theme happening, which is all about agriculture. I don't need to come and teach you guys about agriculture. I can't believe how flat it is out here. On my drive from Birmingham today, I actually had to pull over and do a video 
just to send it to my wife to show her how beautiful the countryside is. Anyway, uh, but, but we know this, once you plant a seed, it will grow. And, you know, with the right light and water and nutrients, but it will grow. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a, a mustard seed, the smallest of all, but it grows the largest, the largest of all. And that's how the kingdom of God works. So I want to encourage you today. Jesus is building his church and he's doing it right here in Downer Market. And I'm so excited about the future. Yeah, you can get excited. Come on. Let's give the Lord a praise clap today for who he is and what he's doing in us, but through us. And so uh, I'm really excited about what is happening here and uh, even driving here. Uh, there's, uh, if you've done the journey uh, across the country to Birmingham, anyone ever been to Birmingham? Yes? Oh, many hands. Great. Thank you. It's a beautiful city. Uh, I have to say that because God called me from the beaches of Newcastle, Australia to <laughs> Birmingham. <laughs> and, uh, and we love it. But, uh, but as I was driving, I remember doing the trip many years ago. And around that Kettering, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it's around Kettering. And I remember whenever we would drive this way across the country, we would hit this Kettering and it was a mess. There was roadworks everywhere. There were stop goes. There were delays. It was going round and it was horrible. And I would, my impatience, I would get so frustrated. And sometimes what God does in us and in the church is like the roadworks. We have to be willing to have his construction in us. We come to him with all our failings and frailties and baggage of our natural self, but then we get born again and the Holy Spirit then comes in and, now, and then he starts to do the road works in us. But here's what I found today, some four or five years since doing the journey across, straight through, no delays, no stops, no stop go, no road works, beautiful landscaped side banks with trees that are now planted and I just went straight through at 96 miles and no 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 I was doing 73 can't lie can I I just put who, who does that with your anyone with your uh what do, what do you call it super speed control what is it what do you call it cruise control you just you just put it a little bit above the speed limit or is that just me am I the only sinner in the room because <laughs> you figure if it's just a little bit, then I'm not going to get booked. But if I go too much, anyway. So, uh, but I went straight through. And here's, here's the revelation I had this morning driving here. That sometimes in the impatience of the road works, in the frustration of what's going on, it's a mess, I don't understand. Why am I delayed? Why am I stopped? God, what are you doing? God's got a bigger work happening in his mind for you. And he's got a bigger work in mind for the church. So we just have to be patient. That's why my favorite scripture, because we've been on our own building program for five years. That's right, five years. And our builder went bust during COVID, so we had to find a new builder to finish the program. The building sat there with the outside built, but nothing happening on the inside for 20 months. Talk about stop, go, delay. But I trust that God has a bigger picture and he is the God, when he starts something, he completes it. Amen? And my scripture that I've hung on to through this is Hebrews 6 verse 12 that says, Faith and patience inherit the promises of God. 
And I want to encourage you, and I know some of you maybe have been Christians for a long time. I'm not going to look for a show of hands. Maybe some of you are just new to this whole following Jesus thing. But I want to encourage you, trust the process. Trust the process. We're talking about bloom. We're talking about planting seeds and how long it takes. We did some research, a series last year on on mighty oaks and oaks of righteousness from Isaiah 61 that says that you are an oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. Do you know how long it takes for those little acorns? You know the proverb from from little acorns, mighty mighty, mighty, uh, oaks come. Do you know how long it takes for those little acorns that get sown in the seed to grow and become mature? Somewhere between 70 and 100 years. Wow, that's a long time, isn't it? But trust the process that God is doing because He knows. He knows all things. He's the author of all things. And if you're in a season right now that you feel like you're in a stop-go delay, just trust that God knows what He's doing. Trust that He's got the bigger construction plan of your life in mind. Amen? Amen? So there's just a few thoughts. That's got nothing to do with my preach. But just, uh, just want to flow with the prophetic. By the way, where's, is it Chloe? Chloe, thank you for your worship this morning. Come on, give her a big round of applause. I just love your heart and your spirit, uh, just, um, just your openness to lead us into the presence of God. And, and there, was a, there was a bit of a theme coming through in the songs today. And I don't know if that was strategic or prophetic. Usually it's prophetic. And then we realize it's strategic and we go, oh, wow, how smart are we? Actually, no, the Holy Spirit's in control the whole time. But, but it's about that Holy Spirit fill us. Come use us. Surrender. And, and allowing God to come and change us. And, and, and I just want to share a thought with you today about, uh, really about the Holy Spirit. And I don't know how much you know of the Holy Spirit, how much you've encountered of the Holy Spirit, how much you've let Him into your life. But He is an amazing person to get to know. He's the third part of the Trinity. You've got God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And a lot of, a lot of times, who, who enjoyed that Easter last weekend? Who had a good Easter? Did you have a wonderful Easter service? I'm sure you did. Uh, like most, most of us, it's, a, it's an awesome time. Good Friday where we remember the cross. And uh, Easter Sunday where we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Death couldn't hold him down and God raised him up to life. Anyone excited about the resurrection of Jesus today? He is risen and he's alive. But sometimes I want to always be careful with our church that I'm not, we don't just make such a deal of resurrection Sunday that they don't realize that they can live in that resurrection power every day. <laughs> Easter Sunday isn't just one day of the year, it's every day. And, uh, and, and, and often we move straight on to another series or another. And, and a lot of people new to faith, because we, we get people coming to Christ quite often in our church, and they'll, they'll ask me, well, what happened next? Well, what, he just rose from the, from the dead? <laughs> and th- then what happens? In fact, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people find this hard to believe, this whole resurrection and then, well, what happens next? Uh, one of my roles, so... Um, uh, I'm pastor of Connect Church in Birmingham, but I'm also a sports chaplain. So I'm chaplain to Birmingham City Football Club. I've been there for nine seasons. Pray for us, although you're probably praying for Norwich as well. Um, I think we're going to be playing each other next year in the championship. But anyway, moving on. 
So, uh, so yeah, incredible opportunity to minister to the players and the staff of Birmingham City Football Club. And, uh, and, and over the years, we've seen many players give their lives to follow Jesus. I've been able to baptise three players over that time. And it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see someone that has really no idea of Jesus come right through to give their life and surrender to Jesus and now continue to follow Jesus in, uh, in, in what they're doing with their football career. But, uh, but in Australia, before God called us to, uh, to England, uh, one of my roles was a sports chaplain to a rugby league club. That was a sport of where we were in Newcastle. And uh, so there were the Newcastle Knights Rugby League. And I remember it was about Easter time. And we, after training, I would have lunch with all the players. And uh, they were there and we were just eating our lunch. And someone turned to me and said, Oh, hey, Rev, it's like your big weekend, isn't it? I said, well, yeah, I, I guess you could say it's like our final. This is, this is the big game. And, and just in the last minute, just when you thought he was dead and buried, he came back to life and he won the game. <laughs> and you could see a few chuckles and a few, all oh, right, yeah. And then our captain, he was just sitting across from me on the table and he's, he's eating his food and he, you could see him looking a bit puzzled. And he just looked up and he goes, so if he was alive and then he died and then he came back to life again when does he die again he genuinely had no idea and so then I got to explain well that's the whole point the whole point is he comes back to life death as we know it is defeated forever our sin is taken away and he lives forever and because he lives forever we can live forever if we believe in him but what we sometimes miss, and this is really what I, I want to share with you this morning, is we can take the gospel for granted. We can take salvation and sins forgiven and eternal life, the hope of eternal life. We can, oh, yeah, heard it all before. Oh, it's another Easter message. Yeah, we know he came back to life. We can just get a little bit familiar with this transforming powerful message of the gospel and I want to encourage you down a market to re-surrender like we just sung re-surrender like you were having your encounter with Jesus for the first time again isn't that an awesome thought to wake up every day and just go Jesus save me again Jesus, let me always look with eyes of wonder. Let me always come to you with a freshness and a re-surrender. My life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you. And having that freshness, because we can get familiar with the good news. The good news can become old news very quickly. Have you noticed that in the newspapers? Once something's on the front pages all the time, and, and I'm, not, I'm not in any way... Uh, devaluing the Ukraine thing. I was in Poland on behalf of Assemblies of God a few weeks ago and got to meet the Ukrainian refugees coming across the border and the incredible job the Polish churches are doing and, and it does need our prayers. Thank you, Chris, for helping us continue to pray for that situation. And, and, and so I'm not in any way devaluing things like that in the news, but, but generally things hit the headlines, but then a few days later they go page two, page three, page four, and eventually they're gone. And let's make sure in our lives that the good news stays on the front page. <laughs> it doesn't go to the back, all forgotten. But actually, we keep the good news 
on the front page of our lives. Amen. So Jesus rises again. And according to the scriptures, for the next 40 days, and I know some of you probably know this, but it's a good reminder. For the next 40 days, he ministered to people in his resurrection body, not his fully glorified body, but his resurrection body. Enough so much that the wounds were still visible in his body because we know that when he visited the disciples and Thomas said, unless I see the wounds, I will not believe. So Jesus, I reckon Jesus had some fun in this 40 days. Do you remember the time when the two disciples were on the road to Emmaus and Jesus just kind of comes alongside, stealth, you know, and they're like talking away and, and he, he somehow made himself unrecognizable to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. I don't know how he does that. I cannot theologically give you an answer for that, but I just know he does. And I said to our church the other the last week, actually, I said, just make sure that sometimes we need our eyes open to recognize that Jesus is right there. There's moments in your life where you think he's not, but guess what? He is. He just might not look the way you thought he was meant to look until he reveals himself. And that's where we need to wake up every day saying, reveal yourself, Jesus, to me today. Help me see. Help me not just see with my eyes, but see with your spiritual eyes. And so, so he's, 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 he's turned up to the guys on the road to Emmaus. He turns up to Peter and he restores Peter. Remember, Peter denied Jesus three times in the heat of the conflict. And I, can, I can't imagine what the pressure would have been like. He He's watching his best friend, the person he loves so dearly, be beaten and put on trial and innocent, uh, trialed as a criminal even though he was innocent. And, and so he's watching all this and the, the pressure is on and then someone says, hey, you're, you're one of his too, which he knows probably would result in him being treated exactly the same. But he chooses just go, oh, uh, no, no, I, I've never seen the man. I don't know who you're talking about. And three times he denies him and he weeps. He weeps because he, know, he knows he let his Jesus down. He knows he's, he's denied his saviour. And, and hey, haven't we all done things in our lives where sometimes we've let Jesus down? Or, oh man, I missed it there. Or, oh Jesus, I'm so sorry. Aren't you glad that Jesus, one of the first things he does in his resurrected state, he comes and he restores relationship with Peter. Here he is, the Son of God. All power, all authority belongs to him. He has been risen from the dead now and he is like raised up to the highest authority in all the heaven and the earth. But the first thing he does, he goes, I want to restore a relationship with my best friend. I want to restore a relationship with my disciple. I want to make sure he knows, while I understand he let me down, what happened in the past, his mistakes did not define his future. Come on now, someone say amen. He comes and says to Peter, do you love me? You know I do, feed my sheep. Do you love me? You know I do, look after the church. Do you love me? You know I do, three times. He's just saying, come on, I believe in you, Peter. Come on, I'm with you, Peter. Come on, Peter, you've got responsibility now. And I love that. But then 
after this 40-day period, the Apostle Paul gives an account in 1 Corinthians where he says he appeared to about 500 people through this 40-day period. And then, of course, he ascended into heaven. And this, the account of this is in Acts chapter 1. And, and so the disciples are there and Jesus ascends up into heaven, into the clouds. And they are standing there looking, watching. And then all of a sudden, two angels come and they say, why do you stand here looking up? He will return the same way you've seen him go. And that is the hope we have as his church. He will return one day. Could be today. Could be. (laughs) We don't know. No man will know the hour. Even Jesus says he doesn't know. God knows. But in the right time, he will return and restore all things. Make all things new. Wipe away every tear. He will come and restore and make things new. Aren't you... Aren't you, aren't you looking forward to that day? Can't wait. Can't wait to be with him face to face. But in that period of 40 days, there's something that I just want to read in Luke chapter 24 that Jesus says to the disciples. And it's in Luke chapter 24. It is one of my favorite Bible verses. Do you have favorite Bible verses? Yeah, I have some here. Let me just find my sermon notes here so Luke chapter 24 and it's verse 46 to 49 let me just find it here in my some people still use paper bibles anyone still got paper bibles oh lots of hands probably sometimes easier than this actually but Luke chapter 24 let me know when you've got it It's behind me. (laughs) Wow, you guys are really good. Give the technical people a big round of applause. (laughs) All right, well, read it on the screen then. All right, this is the words of Jesus talking to his disciples in his resurrected body form before he ascends to heaven. He told them this, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day aren't you glad he rose from the dead and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations everyone say nations beginning at Jerusalem you are witnesses of these things so here's Jesus giving giving the commission to the disciples now he's saying hey hey guys I'm gonna go but but just before I go, I need to remind you, you've witnessed, you've seen, you've heard everything I've taught. You've witnessed my death. You've witnessed my resurrection. You have everything you need in you right now to be my witnesses to the nation starting in Jerusalem. And guess what? You're his witness. You are his witness. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but I can feel a little inadequate and think, oh, how can I be his witness? I've got all these insecurities, inadequacies. But that's not the reality of who you are. You are his witness. It's who you are because you've seen and you've heard Jesus, his death and his resurrection in you. But this is what I love. I'm going to send you what the Father has promised But stay here in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. 
And so really what Jesus is saying here is, I'm going to go and I'm going to go up and sit at the right hand of the Father very soon. And you're going to see me go. But it's good that I go. Remember he said that in John 14, 15. And when, when the disciples were kind of getting upset, Jesus was trying to sow the seed. Guys, I've got to go. Guys, I've got to go. Guys, I've got to go. He told them so many times, I've got to suffer, but then I'll come back to life. They still didn't get it though. <laughs> and then, then we see what happens here is then all of a sudden Jesus says, it's good that I go because if I go, I send you the helper. I send you the advocate. The, the Greek word parakletos means that the one that comes alongside. So the great news is you are his witness, but you don't have to do it alone. You have his power and the person of Jesus now living in you. Isn't that awesome? And so Jesus says, but don't, hey, don't try and do it without me. <laughs> Stay here in the city until you've been clothed with the power from on high. Now, just looking around, good. Everyone got clothed this morning. Whew. I've never been in a service where I've said that and someone sat there naked. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> we all got up this morning. Hopefully we had showers. <laughs> and we put our clothes on. Now, we know the Holy Spirit lives in us. But I want you to just think about that. Every day you get up and you clothe yourself with something. You make a choice what you put on. Well, it's the same in the Spirit. That's what the Bible talks about, put on a garment of praise. There is so many. Paul talks about in discipleship. Discipleship is about throwing off the things that sin and the things that entangle us. or Putting off the old self, but put on Christ. And so I want to encourage you, almost metaphorically, every day, just go, I'm putting on the Holy Spirit. I'm being clothed with the power from on high today. Because I've got to be His witness today. You're going to witness to someone every day, everywhere, in every, in it, to everyone. You are His witnesses. We are His witnesses. There's no plan B. We're it. But we, got it. we can't do it on our own. Don't try and leave the city without being clothed with the power from on high. Are you with me this morning? Put on the power and then go, okay, Holy Spirit, show me what you want to do today. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit. And I love this moment where Jesus in his resurrected form comes and just reminds them of the commission, but tells them how it's going to happen. It's not, it's not in their own strength. And of course, I'm sure Peter was reminded of this when only a short while later, when Jesus had gone up and seated at the right hand of the Father. And you know what Jesus is doing seated at the right hand of the Father right now? The Bible says, in, Paul says to Timothy, he is mediating on our behalf. Isn't that an awesome thought? Jesus is praying for you today. I couldn't think of anyone else better I want praying for me. I mean, I like it when my church prays for me. But I'm sure Jesus prays for me with a greater fervency and passion and the plans of God than even the best member of my church. And I think, hey, we all need to pray and pray more. <laughs> but what a great thought I want to, you to have today is that Jesus is praying for you. Isn't that awesome? Clothed with the power on high so you can be my witnesses. Now, I just want to finish this morning with a, a little illustration because I like illustrations.
here's one I prepared earlier. So we know that Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending As, as the Father sent me, I am sending. That's right. And that's, that is probably, I said I had that favourite scripture before. Okay, this one's probably close up there. John 20, 21. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. You and I are now his ambassadors. Paul says that, doesn't he? In 2 Corinthians 5, that we are now his ambassadors. We're his hands. And where are his feet? Everywhere we go. And I know sometimes we don't feel like it, but what I'm trying to encourage you today, it's not about how you feel, it's who's living in you. It's not about what you've done, it's about what he wants to do through you. The power of the Holy Spirit. And we know that God, in the Old Testament, he would anoint people to go. And he sent Moses, he sent Isaiah, he sent the prophets And then, of course, we know that God sent Jesus. But now in the New Testament, in the dimension of grace and truth and the forgiveness of sins to be preached to all nations, now Jesus is saying, I am sending you. Just like this envelope has a purpose to be sent, you and I have a purpose to be sent. In fact, the word apostolic or apostle I know it's a word that we sometimes think is this holier than thou word but actually it just means sent ones those that choose to go choose to take the message of the good news to the world so we're all like this envelope but right now it's empty and there's could I could I go down the post office and send this envelope right now no What's the, what would be the first thing it actually needs for it to be sent? Content. Yes, it needs a message. So I have, whoops, I have a message here. Do you want to know what the message is? I know it feels a bit like Sunday school, but... Good news! We have the good news of the gospel. That God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus. That whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the good news. And like I said, sometimes we forget how good the good news is. But I'll remind you, this is good, 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 good news. It's great news. It's the best news. And there are times in my life, and that's why the Apostle Paul says, do not be ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of salvation to all who believe. That's why it's so important that there is no other name under which man can be saved but Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father except through Jesus. But there are times in my life, I to be really honest, I feel like we're family, we can be transparent. I sometimes... I know I need to be sent and I know I've got the... The message, oh, but I'll just just keep the message to myself. It's, oh, it's good news for me. It's good news for me and I've got the good news. But uh, I'll just keep it for me because I don't want to offend people. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to, you know, political correctness and all that. 
No, no, no. The good news, yes, it's good news for you, but it's not just for you. It's meant to be sent. It's meant to be delivered. You are meant to be the carrier of the good news. Amen? Are you with me this morning? We're meant to be the carriers of this good news. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes we can think that everybody knows the good news. Everybody knows. My work colleagues, they all know. My neighbours, they all know. Everyone in the world knows the good news. But I need you to understand today, not everyone knows the good news. Not everyone knows the good news. My footballer friend in Australia, he didn't know the good news. <laughs> I was in a, uh, attending a conference in Kiev, actually back in 2019, for the Pentecostal European mission. And so I had to get a cab back from where the conference was, an Uber, to the airport. And I get in this Uber, and every Uber I'd caught on that trip, they just spoke Ukrainian, and so there was no conversation. But this particular gentleman... He was from Iran and he moved to Ukraine to flee from Iran and he could speak English really well. So he got put on all the airport runs. So I had about half an hour with Masud, his name was, and we just got talking about Iran and where he was from and all the, the holy land and everything. And then I said, well, what faith are you? And he said, well, I'm Muslim. And, and I said, well, do you know about Jesus? And we had a discussion about Jesus. And, and I said, do you know why he died on the cross? And he said, no, I don't. I said, can I tell you? And, and for the next half an hour, I got to unpack why he died on the cross, but then why he rose and how he rose again back to life. This whole time, we're having an eye contact through the rear view mirror because I was in the back of the Uber. He's in the front driving, hopefully watching the road, but also looking up at me. And I can just see this astonishment on his face as he first time in his whole life heard that Jesus rose from the dead. And that he is alive. And I said, but what's better? It's not just him in his physical body because he went up to heaven. But then he sent his Holy Spirit. So the same nature and person of Jesus now lives in every single person. And the Holy Spirit power can come and live in us. He starts to tear up as he's driving. And as we pull into the airport, he says, this is, this is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And I, I said, well, do you want to receive and meet Jesus? He says, yes. I said, can I pray for you now? We prayed right there in the Uber. And I got to lead him to Jesus. Even better, through technology, we've been, I was able to disciple him through Facebook Messenger. He didn't call it the book of Acts. He calls it the book of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm reading Holy Spirit chapter 4 now. <laughs> and we're still in contact. He had to fled Kiev. He's in Netherlands now. And I've put him in touch with a church in the Netherlands. Come on. <laughs> Let's praise God. The gospel is the good news. Salvation to all who believe. But let's not put the good news in our back pocket. We are meant to be carriers of it. All right, what's the next thing it needs? Can, it, can I go to the post office yet? What does it need? It needs an address. My writing's terrible. Nations. Go and preach. Take, what did Jesus say to the disciples in his resurrection state? Take this forgiveness, the message of forgiveness of sins to all nations. Now, nations isn't the United Nations borders as we understand the geography of the world right now. The word ethne of nations, and you, again, you may know this, but just a good reminder today. 
that word means people groups, family groups, any small group of culture where they have a language or a culture that is theirs, Jesus is saying, take this message, take it to every person, every culture, every tribe, every tongue, every people, every person you meet, take it to them. Right now in the world, there are about 17,400 people groups that is defined. Do you know how many of them are still unreached? 7,400. That's 42% of the world have no access to a church, have no uh, Bible to read, and have no believer to even tell them about Jesus. Wow. We've still got a big job to do, church. We've still got a big job to do. And the great thing is, while maybe you can't always be the one to go to the ends of the earth, you can go to the ends of the street. While you can't maybe go to across the seas, you can go across the street. Maybe you can't reach the nation over, overseas, but you can reach your neighbour. And we've got to carry this message to the nations. There are 32 unreached people groups right here in England that have never heard of Jesus. We've got to go to the nations. All right. Ready to finish up? What's the final thing it needs? I'm almost there. I've almost got to the post office and I've got the message in it. I've got the address. What else? Final thing. Stamp. Oh, you guys are awesome. And I just happen to have a stamp here from the British Royal Mail. It's proper. All right. What does the stamp allow it to do? The stamp gives it authority. The stamp gives it access to go what was Jesus saying stay here and be clothed with the power from on high so now you have the authority and you have the access and you have the power to go isn't that awesome and the great thing about the stamp the apostle Paul says that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of what is to come he says you have been stamped we sang it in one of the songs marked You've been stamped, stamped with the Holy Spirit. So now it's not you that has to go in your own strength, but we just clothe ourselves with the power of the Holy Spirit and say, here I am, send me today. Holy Spirit, who do you want me to minister to today? It might be a work colleague. It might be a neighbor. It might be a stranger that you meet in an Uber. (laughs) It could be anyone anywhere, anytime. We just need to be willing to be sent. Just like Jesus said to his disciples when he resurrected from the dead in that 40-day period, be clothed with the power and will you go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. Amen. Amen. Would you stand and let me pray for you this morning? My time is up and I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit will just stir our hearts again today and just as you close your eyes and maybe let the Holy Spirit just quicken in you a person or it could be a place stir stir in us it's amazing Uh, I'm, I'm mission director for Assemblies of God it's amazing how many of our missionaries when I hear their stories all sensed a specific call to a nation and while you may not always go your prayers and your money can 
fund other envelopes to go. <laughs> you can buy the stamps. <laughs> you can't buy the Holy Spirit, but you know what I mean. You can release other people to go through your prayers and your funding. So right now, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would release your heart and your mind for every one of your children here. God, specific people or places. Nations, parts of the community, thank you for the food bank that's happening here, God. I thank you that they are, they are already a church that impacts the local community. May that increase in the name of Jesus, I pray. And Father, that this would be a church, just like we've got that board out the front, the, the world board, the, the nations on that wall. I pray that that wall would be populated with more and more nations. Father, I pray that you'll bless this church, that you clothe every single one of your children with your power so that they can be your witnesses. And we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go and witness this week and be a witness to the world. Amen.